Lawrence Mpia on Beyond the Headline. It's 20 minutes uh, to 4 o'clock. We're in conversation next with uh, Shanila Mohammed, Executive Director at Amnesty International South Africa, as today marks the start of 16 days of activism against gender-based violence. Amnesty International South Africa says that they are sick and tired of government saying GBV remains worrying and a concern, and yet they do little to tackle the problem. According to the organization, authorities must show that they take women and girls' rights uh, to safety and dignity and life seriously and stopping lip service to this. Shanila now joining us on the line. Shanila, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. So government evidently saying all of the right things, but um, as they always say, the test is what? In the pudding. Afternoon, Alden. Afternoon to your listeners. You know, Alden, absolutely. I mean, I think you've you've, uh, nailed it. Um, You know, the day that South Africa, the day that we wake up in the morning and we don't hear of a case of a child or a woman that has been brutally murdered, kidnapped, or slaughtered or raped, we'll, that's when we'll know that the state is taking this seriously. But unfortunately, all we hear, both from the president and the minister of police, are words. And, you know, the president promised many, many, many things. And according to us, and we've looked closely into it, very, very few of those have actually materialized. Um, so, you know, they have to really stop talking and now showing us with a drop in statistics that this is being taken seriously and whatever they're putting in place is working. But instead, what we saw earlier on this week is, uh, as well with the release of the quarterly crime statistics is there's actually been an increase in sexual offences. Eldon, there's an increase with every release of, uh, of uh, crime stats. And, you know, unfortunately... All we ever hear from the um, um, uh, Minister of Police is, uh, you know, regret and, uh, you know, concern. Well, you know, that that regret and concern does not translate into safety for women and, and, and girls in this country. And, you know, it's gotten to a point where even at an international level, South Africa is being regarded as one of the most unsafe places for women and and uh, and children in the world uh, to the point where the universal periodic review we had at least 18 countries that raised this issue um, about South Africa's high rates of violence mm. against women and femicide I think the other thing also for instance if you look at what happened with the Krugerstorp incident uh, the eight women who were allegedly raped um, and there were people who were arrested and subsequently the charges against them being withdrawn is um, you think about the secondary trauma that um, these women go through and then of course the humiliation as well that is attached to to, to, to this as well but then the state saying that we remain committed to finding the culprits Well, I think, you know, the state and and particularly the Minister of Police and the President have to move away from, uh, you know, PR stunts. Mm. I mean, whenever there is a a case or an incident, you'll find that, you know, uh, sometimes the Minister of Police will go there or will make statements, but also the President has made many, many statements. And, you know, really, it all ends up being a publicity stunt. We saw in Krugersdorf, a whole lot of people got gathered and put in jail, and actually not one of them has, has been charged. You know, the other thing is that they keep on talking about the DNA backlog. Yes, the DNA backlog is madly concerning because, you know, without those DNA tests, then it's very difficult uh, to, to find the right culprit. But DNA is not the only way. And, you know, what we found, Aldrin, in our sort of um, looking at closely at what goes wrong is the police 
when there is an incident, they do not gather evidence properly in most cases. So what happens is when they when the cases go to court or when they go to the prosecuting authorities, they cannot prosecute because there's not enough evidence in those in those files. And so the problem so it lies at the doorstep of the police. The police have got to do better, they've got to figure out what is wrong, they've got to give their people training. And the president has got to also look at what is wrong. Instead of setting up national funds and, and you know putting into place more laws, make sure that the laws that we have are working. Make sure that those that are uh, accountable to actually uh, ensuring that these are working are trained. They mm. know what they're doing. Because at the moment, you know, all we're seeing is is uh, numbers going up. And every single number, Aldrin, is somebody's mother, somebody's yeah. child, somebody's sister. These are not just numbers. These are people. And, and, and also the part around consequence management, like, for instance, if the minister, when the minister says that um, the, the, the DNA backlog will be dealt with um, within the next six months and come October and the DNA board then appears before parliament and say that actually um, things look very bleak and perhaps it will be cleared next year, January. Who holds the minister accountable? But on top of that, who holds police officers accountable when they bungle cases? Well, I think all we ever see, Eldrin, is a pushing forward of timelines and also excuses. And, you know, for those families who have lost loved ones, for those families who are still reeling from the consequence of what has happened to their loved ones, this, these pushing forward of, 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 of dates and, you know, the lack of accountability and consequence is really painful. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you've lost your loved one. But at the very, very least, they are looking for justice. They are looking, you know, for, for for believing that the life of their loved one did not go in vain or that they were not brutally traumatized in vain, that there is justice at the end of it all. And, I, and unfortunately, people have lost faith in the police. They've lost faith in the system. And actually, you know, if I'm totally honest, people have lost faith in the president to do something about this. So the the criminal justice system would come after the crime has been committed. What conversations should be happening around preventing the crime from actually happening? Well, you know, I think the, the, the issue of deterrence, I mean, you know, if people, if people knew that if they did something wrong, that they would, you know, they would very quickly be caught and that they would be tried and there would be a consequence. It may act as a deterrent, not always, but also I think, you know, the, just making sure that the streets are safe, making sure that, you know, um, the police are out there doing their job. I mean, Aldrin, look, you know, when, when the lights go down, what do we see? We see beggars and all these, you know, these people are, who are vendors, um, you know, uh, uh, sort of um, guiding traffic. Where are the police? You know, and, and, and it's fine. It seems to be an acceptable thing to have these people guiding traffic. You'd think that the police would step up and do their job. And I think what we're missing here is really a show uh, to the public that the police are there, that they are trained, that they are capable of doing their jobs and that they are doing their jobs. And I think that in itself would act as a deterrent and make people feel safer in this country. But what we're seeing is that, you know, every single day we see cases and cases and, and, and we've started to actually normalize this type of violence in our society, whereas actually it should never be normalized. And so, you know, again, the accountability lies at the door of the police minister uh, to ensure that, you know, there is 
uh, accountability, but also I think awareness in, in people um, and, you know, uh, uh, making sure that women know their rights. Many, many women will not go to the police after they've been raped or brutalized because they don't trust the police. So where do they go? So we need to make sure that people know their rights and that they know what they can and can't do. But also we need to make sure that they know that should something happen, there is justice at the end of that dark tunnel. Yeah, a quick question here from one of our listeners on the WhatsApp line um, from Quintus from Kubeja. Can they not take government to the constitutional court to force government to act? Well, I think, you know, they, 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 the, the, I think what people need to realize, Eldrin, is power lies in the hands of the people. Right. And that these, the government is there to serve us, not the other way around. So, you know, class, uh, class action suits, all of this is very, very possible. But the people need to know that they have the power to do these things. And according to our Constitution, they do. And so, yes, in answer to that question, it is possible. You can uh, launch a class action suit against the state. And maybe that is the next step uh, for South Africans to, to take. Because, you know, we've been too patient for too long and our women and children are dying on a daily basis. Thank you so much for your time. Shanila Mohammed is the Executive Director at Amnesty International South Africa.